Indeed I am, steely-voiced radio man. This is Soccer Weekly, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710, the home of world football here in Southern California. We have got a massive show for you tonight. I cannot wait. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly? Sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Go to PocockBrewing.com. Pocock Brewing Company. Embrace life. Drink good beer. And oh, what a show we have for you. We are going to be breaking down and working up the playoff possibilities for LA Galaxy. Yikes. Woof. Oh, man. The beatings they've been taking of late. Oh, oh boy. LA Galaxy wish they could play LAFC every game, apparently. That's about the only way they show up lately. U.S. soccer has got a big game coming up against Brazil and then against Mexico coming up on the 11th. That Brazil game is on Friday. The roster was announced. We'll take a look at that, of course. Big interview coming up with the great Benny Failhaber, one of my favorites. He's a midfielder, of course, for LAFC. That'll be in the black and gold breakdown later in the show. And so much more to get to as we roll on here each and every week. If it's your first time, where have you been, first of all? No, it's a pleasure always to talk about the beautiful game here on ESPNLA 710, and I do appreciate the opportunity without a doubt. Uh, look, here's the bottom line. Let's get right into it with the Galaxy. This team is in trouble. This team is outside looking in, as we know. The problems for the Galaxy are, yeah, they're at 38 points. That's not good. 10 wins, 10 losses, 8 draws after 28 matches. And there is a problem. Portland Timbers got two games in hand on them. Seattle's got two games in hand on them, and the Bros three point both three points ahead of LA for the fifth and sixth spots. RSL has played the same twenty eight games, but they're six points ahead of LA after pounding the Galaxy six to two just a few days ago. And don't even get me started on Sporting KC or LAFC or FC Dallas at the top of the table. Galaxy are just trying to get in. LAFC, LA Galaxy rather have six games left. That's it. Now, obviously, if they win them all, yeah, you'd suspect that uh, 54 points will be enough if they win them all, or 56 points, a bigger part. Yeah, that, that'll do it. Are they going to win them all? Of course not. No way. That's obviously, you know, like just a no kidding. I mean, their last four games, five games, six, they haven't won in six games. And that includes that dreaded 6-2 to loss, a 5-0 loss at Seattle. A couple of th- draws thrown in and a, lo- a bad loss to Colorado, of course. Like I said, they, they wish they could play LAFC every week. They got a game coming up at BMO Field. Now, we just saw LAFC do well there, but are the Galaxy playing well on the road? Not really. I mean, they're okay. Then they got another game against the hottest team in the league. It's at home, but against Seattle. Then you're playing Vancouver. Now, the good news is you got teams here who are also fighting for playoff spots. So those are six-pointers. Now, if you're going to win games, you're going to have to go win those. But it's not an easy schedule down the road. They do The final two games are at Minnesota. Again, winnable, but, you know, Minnesota at home is certainly a very, very decent team. I mean, better at home than the Galaxy are. So that's no pushover. That's no walkaway. And then the final game of the season is at home against Houston. That is a must-win, I suspect absolutely must win are the galaxy going to make the playoffs it's a more intricate question than yes or no because you have to take a look at what's going on with this team Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been playing well all year right no doubt he's doing the business Ola Kamara is very good this defense is dreadful 
that's not going to change, I don't suspect, for the you know for much better. The funniest thing is, it's so amazing how sometimes matchups, the Galaxy, a couple of their best defensive games all year have been against LAFC. Now, I know the score line of the first one was nuts, and then the 2-2, but they actually played well the last two matchups defensively against LAFC. Yes, they gave up the two goals in the 2-2 and had to come back, but those were early goals. They buckled down, and then in the uh, in the second or the meeting, the second meeting at StubHub Center actually played very well against LAFC defensively. Oh, by the way, LAFC is one of the best offenses in the in the league. So it's just so puzzling with this team. Are they getting up more for LAFC? They try to downplay the rivalry, but are the players you know more? Will the Galaxy be able to pull this off? No, they're not going to the playoffs because it isn't just about LA winning six games, which they will not do. It's having to overtake Portland and Seattle, two of the hotter... Well, certainly Seattle. Portland's playing okay. But having to overtake those teams with two games in hand each. The math just is not there for the Galaxy. Again, if they win out, yeah, they'll be in. Okay, go win out. Every game is a knockout game if you're Siggy Schmid right now. There are no, hey, let's watch, you know, know, let's uh, rest some players here and do the... Every game is a knockout playoff game for LA Galaxy the rest of the way. I don't care what you say. 877-710-ESPN. If you're a Galaxy fan, you disagree, fine. Go to the front of the line. 877-710-3776. If you want to hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts, it's at Talk Soccer. At Talk Soccer is where you follow the show, you follow me. We always carry on the conversation, not only during the show, but even throughout the week. The numbers just don't add up for Galaxy. Are they going to beat Seattle at home? Maybe. I mean, at Toronto, I don't know. I mean, I doubt they're going to beat Seattle. Vancouver at Sporting Camp. I mean, boy, boy, this is just, it doesn't look good. I'm saying they're not going to make it, and that is unacceptable. If you're the LA Galaxy and you go out and you bring in Zlatan, and he plays well. This is not Zlatan, you know, you bring him in, he's your marquee player, and he blows out his knee again. He's played great. How can you be wasting the kind of performances Zlatan Ibrahimovic has provided? That has got to be so frustrating for the big man. And really, it's unacceptable. How can you have scored 51 goals? In just 28 games. Now, it's not one of the best goals per game. It's pretty darn good, though. And it's one of the highest goal-scoring totals in the league. How in the world can you be wasting that by giving up 54 goals when you have the most, I guess, the most payroll wrapped up in defense, the highest payroll wrapped up in defense in the league, reportedly, is the LA Galaxy. And they're just getting run over time and time again. Are they a bad team? No, they're very mediocre. They're fine. They're not bad. Their goal difference is only minus three. They're an absolutely 500 record at 10 wins, 10 losses, and the eight draws. But they're not worthy, and they're not good enough, and they're not going to make it. And that is unacceptable. AJ tweets in at Talk Soccer. That's me. I'm so disappointed in my LA Galaxy, but I still believe Siggy needs to put the same lineup he put versus the LAFC last game. Yeah, that would help. It looked like that lineup worked pretty well. I think Galaxy wins four of six. Well, okay. I can understand that. It may be a little optimistic, but then again, that that seems like possible. Let's say they do that. 
Let's uh, AJ may not be far off there. Okay, let's say they win four out of six. Let's say the other two are losses, maybe one draw. Let's give them 13 points. 13 out of their last six games. That's a lot, but that'll put them at 51. Now, that means Seattle and Portland cannot come away with 10 points in their next eight games each, remember. They have two games in hand. The the numbers just don't add up. That loss to Real Salt Lake was massive. It also put RSL a full six points behind the Galaxy, or ahead of the Galaxy. And remember, those two teams have played the same amount of games. That one stung. Because the Galaxy and RSL would have both been on 41. It would have been a log jam at 41, but at least the Galaxy would have felt like they're alive. Now they they must make up a full six points on RSL. Good luck. So I appreciate AJ's optimism as a sports fan. And I don't even think the four out of six is that unrealistic, but it doesn't really do enough. Because remember, if they win four out of six, let's say they get the 13 points I'm allowing. RSL needs only seven points for that. Eight points, and the Galaxy wouldn't catch them in six games. Very doable if you're RSL, because let's also remember they still have three home games out of their final six. And RSL is almost unbeatable at the Riot. Whereas the Galaxy have been more than beatable at home. We don't even know that they're guaranteed to win at home. It's just not been good enough. And they don't deserve to go to the playoffs. LA Galaxy do not deserve to be there. That is just a hard fact. That is just the cold, hard truth. They don't deserve it. You Look, we, we all know the cliches and everything, the Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. I mean, we're 28 games deep if you're the Galaxy. This is who they are. They're average. Are there, are there extenuating circumstances a lot, a lot of that? Yeah. There's been a lot of injuries. Okay, it's professional sports. That happens. Get over it. That's why you have a, a 25-man roster or a 28-man roster or a 27. That's why you, you, you get injuries. You get call-ups. Those things happen. But, I mean, come on. Unacceptable. Not going to get it done. They're not making it. They just The numbers don't add up. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Massive win for LAFC taking down the uh, Bob Bradley's Sun side, Michael Bradley's Toronto FC, in a big game in Toronto. And I want to talk to you. Stick around, because I want to, coming up, I'm going to break down why this was a much bigger game than just three points for LAFC. That and so much more. we still got Benny Failhaber. We've got you. We've got uh, tweets. We've got calls if you want them at 877-710-ESPN. That's 877-710-3776. All of that plus stoppage time coming up later. I am Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dunholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. LA Galaxy will not make the playoffs. The numbers don't add up. 877-710-ESPN. And they don't deserve to make the playoffs. They're an average team in what is turning out to be a pretty good Western Conference, right? Because Seattle woke up. Sounders were dreadful earlier in the year. And RSL is playing a lot better. Mike Petke's kind of finding his way there 
And you've got three darn good teams at the top in Sporting Kansas City, LAFC, and FC Dallas. Galaxy aren't making the playoffs. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. I got a tweet in from Mr. Gonzalez who tweets in uh, at Talk Soccer. says, the Galaxy should not make the playoffs because that will hide the front office's lackluster performance. Well, look, you know, it's professional sports. you got to win doesn't matter i know i've heard that from my teams in cleveland you know the browns oh i hope they lose because then you either get a high draft pick or or maybe they'll fire the coach well look it's professional sports go out and win obviously galaxy fans you should want the team to make the playoffs i mean i mean it wouldn't okay lackluster but if you make the playoffs you can win in mls right it's just like the nfl well not really because it's new england and whoever but it's just like major league baseball make the playoffs See what happens. But they're not going to. And that is the problem with LA uh, Galaxy. You, to waste the kind of year you got from Zlatan Ibrahimovic is just unacceptable. It is, I mean, we're not talking about a dude who came in and was over the hill and had the knee injury and scored two goals in 18 appearances and just was done. Zlatan has been Zlatan. He has been phenomenal. Guy can still play anywhere. And he's scoring and assisting. You're wasting that that year. That is unacceptable. Why was it such a big win for LAFC at Toronto in their most recent game? Now, of course, LAFC has this break, the international window. Galaxy now have it until the 15th as well. Both teams are not in action until that uh, next weekend, not this coming weekend. LA Galaxy will be at Toronto. And then LAFC hosts New England on the same day, the 15th. Now, why was that such a massive win for LAFC? They've won games on the road. Yeah, they started out red hot on the road, remember? Four wins from their first six. Then they kind of hit a little skid. There's a couple of factors in why it was such a big win. A, they got another good road victory. They're back to 500 on the road. That is tough to do in MLS. It's tough to win games on the road in MLS. Ask Minnesota. Ask D.C. Ask Orlando. Ask Montreal, who's even in a playoff spot and only has two wins from 14 on the road. Columbus Crew's a pretty good team. They only got three wins from 13 on the road. Not easy to win on the road. If you're 500, that is spectacular. For an expansion team, although we know now LAFC was really not an expansion team for very long. But let's be realistic. 6-6-2 six, six and two on the road. Darn good. That was a big win. Another reason why, they got off to a 3-0 lead. And uh-oh, they gave up two goals, and they started to look like they have looked at times with a big lead. We know it. We the Galaxy remembers it. Josie Altidore with a couple of blistering goals, beautiful goals, and all of a sudden it's 3-2, and you're like, oh, no, we've seen this movie before. We know how it ends. Well, Carlos Vela and, and LAFC wrote a different ending, and he buried Toronto with a great goal, unbelievable goal. If you haven't seen highlights, first of all, you're listening to me. Thank you. I appreciate that, doing the play-by-play. But if you haven't seen the highlight yet, go watch it. Oh, the angle on that. And just kind of reminiscent of that Landon Donovan goal. Remember in the in the World Cup where he just went right over the keeper from a just an absolutely acute angle and just drilled it? It was similar. And that buried Toronto. That was a key sign. LAFC had been tired of losing those leads. And that was a big win. And it also is a big win just because it's 46, you know, 46 points now. You're, you're, you're breathing on Dallas's neck here for the top spot in the Western Conference. Sure, Sporting Kansas City's right there with a game in hand, no doubt. 
but you've got a shot now to win the West because of it. And, uh, Mario, let's have a listen to that. That Carlos Vela goal, just a spectacular win at the end of that game for LAFC. LAFC trying to keep possession. Ball knocked out. It stays in play, though. LAFC is on it. Back into the area. It's Vela. Inside the 18. Vela, the shot. Goal! Carlos Vela from a ridiculous angle. He beats Irwin for the fourth goal of the match, and that will do it. LAFC is going to get the three points in Toronto. From a near impossible angle along the end line. Carlos Vela says, I'm going to finish this myself. Good night, <laughs> Toronto. And Clint Irwin just got burned. I mean, he just did not see that coming. It was a blistering shot. I'm not going to blame the keeper too much on that. And Carlos Vela is just... That's another reason it was a big win. Not because Carlos Vela hasn't been doing it all year, but it's just proving time and time again that this guy is the real deal. And I wasn't sold 100% when they signed him. No. I'm not saying that I didn't think Carlos Vela had talent. He has all the talent in the world. But I wasn't 100% sold that Carlos Vela was 100% sold. Well, he is. He absolutely is. And you know why it was a big win and the way it went down? Because Carlos Vela is now the captain. And, you know, you can talk about, well, what does it mean? Or what it, it matters. And when somebody puts on the captain's armband and goes out and does it in the face of Laurent Simon being transferred just, you know, essentially days before then, that was big. It was a huge win. Now, it, look, it, LAFC was fine before then. It's not like, it, oh, my gosh, it's their first win. of the How great. It was a big win. I know sports. I've been around too many teams not to see when it matters just a little bit more than just three points, just a little bit more than just one win. Now, again, you've got to go out and keep doing it. And I'm not sitting here telling you, oh, look out now. LAFC is not going to lose another. No, of course. Come on. It's a massive win. And don't give me Toronto's record or anything like that. TFC was playing that like it was the cup final from last year because they know they're on their last embers here. And they needed the win, and they couldn't get it against LAFC. And LAFC were clearly the better team. Another reason it was a big win. It just it's further proof. Toronto FC is loaded, man. They got talent. It's not going well for them. They put it all, put their heart and guts into the Champions League earlier in the season, and it did not work out. They came in, they came close, and they did a great job. I mean, they did had a br brilliant tournament up until that last, the PKs against Chivas, but they wore themselves out there, and it was hard to get back to it, and they're paying the price for that. They are still a loaded, talented team, and LAFC took it to them. It was a huge win. No two ways about it. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, 877-710-3776. And you want to know why else these wins and, and the way LAFC is performing has been so impressive? It is because a guy like Mark Anthony K goes down, right? And again, we talked about it. One injury, look, it's pro sports. It sucks. You hate injuries, but they do happen. You've got to get past those kind of things, right, as a pro franchise. And they have. And that's not to take anything away from Mark Anthony K. He's sorely missed. But LAFC has picked up the pieces. And that's that's due to Bob Bradley, certainly, in the coaching staff, but the players as well. One of those players is Benny Failauber. We'll be talking to Benny coming up in just a few minutes. This has been, uh, well, look, 
this has been an incredible run that's not over yet, certainly. We'll talk with Benny coming up a little bit more about that. This is a team that was just one loss at home, right? Contrast that with the Galaxy. Six wins, four losses, and four draws at home. And realistically, let's be honest, again, the Galaxy fully deserved the first win against LAFC back in March. That that should have been a loss, of course. So you're looking at a, basically a 500 team at home. That's one of the differences. The 32-52 is pushing the LAFC record at home to seven wins and just one loss amongst five draws. This stuff matters. It absolutely does. You know what else matters? A couple of games coming up for the U.S. men's national team. It's time to look forward now. The, the World Cup is done. We're kind of past the afterglow of that. It was magnificent, right? We, nobody's going to say otherwise. You can't. The World Cup was awesome, even though the U.S. wasn't there. And I hated the fact that we weren't there. But now it's time to turn the page. And a couple of big games coming up. Some nice friendlies here. Friday, of course, taking on Brazil. And then on uh, September 11th, against Mexico. So these are these are some nice friendlies, to say the least. Dave Sarakin's still in charge. They announced the roster. We do have a little bit of a local tie, of course. Sebastian Legette for the Galaxy is going to be involved. He'll be getting, well, if he plays, what the next time he plays for the U.S. will be his fourth cap. Of course, you have uh, the one of the keys in this roster, you know, and you've got a lot of the usual suspects in terms of the new guard, the DeAndre Yedlins, the, uh, you know, Matt Miazga, John Brooks. Good to see Aaron Long get a look and Tim Parker from the Red Bulls, though. I like both those guys. Long may well get his first cap. So I like those moves. In the midfield, you know, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams from the Red Bulls, tough player. I like the Marky Delgado move from Toronto FC. I think he's a good player. Sebastian Legette, as we said, Weston McKenney. Uh, you're looking at a guy like Tim Weah coming in from PSG. He might get his fourth cap. That would be fantastic. But really, what this is about for me, these two games, I want to see Jossie Zardes play as a striker up front. None of this pushing him out wide. Good gracious, I'm so sick of the U.S. national team or coaches in America. Everybody's got to find it. Oh, let's put him right back now. I mean, come on. He went through a rough stretch. He got a fresh start with Columbus. He's making it work, isn't he? Put the man at the striker spot for the U.S. and see if he can get it done. He's got all the skills. Jossie Azardes is the key for these two games. I would be playing him 90 minutes both times, and I'd have him at the striker position in both games, and I'd feed him the football and see what happens. Let's go. we got to get a, a real forward who can actually, like a for-real kind of player up there. We have to. And I'm, it's never too soon. And Jossie Zardes deserves another shot there. He got, he got yanked around in his career, and all of a sudden he's playing wing too much, and then he's playing right back and all this. Come on. Put him up there at striker and let's go. And if he fails, so be it. He's got the talent. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Still to come, Benny Failhaber, LAFC midfielder, going to join us for the Black and Gold Breakdown. Coming up next, I am Dave Dunholm, and you are listening to LAFC, the home of LAFC, I should say, the home of the Black and Gold. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710 presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2000 Toyota Camry, 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, Puente Hills Toyota. 
Sportsbook.com. We appreciate their support. Great friend of the show here on ESPN LA 710-877-710, ESPN 877-710-3776. Still to come in just a moment, Benny Failhaber, midfielder for LAFC. Got a great tweet coming in from Foot Bobby who says, to me, Benny looks like he plays angry and it works for him. Can you ask him if that's the case? I will do that. Thank you very much, Food Bobby. Appreciate that. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer is where we live on the show. We've been mentioning the U.S. soccer and their roster taking on, of course, Mexico coming up on the 11th, but uh, Brazil coming up on Friday. And it's all about Jossie Zardes, these games. We've got to get him going. Forget Bobby Wood up front. Can we stop with that? It's fine. We know what Bobby Wood is. And Andre Novakovic, whatever. Get him a few minutes. Jossie Zardes deserves the lion's share of the time up there. I want to see him get playing at striker with the good players around him, guys who are hungry with him, and let's see what happens, shall we? It's not that hard. It absolutely should be done that way. Plus, talking earlier about the LA Galaxy and their chances for the playoffs, which are not happening. Galaxy are not making the postseason. The numbers do not add up. Two games in hand for both uh, Portland and Seattle, and they're three points ahead of the Galaxy for those fifth and sixth spots. No, not happening. Not happening. Uh, by the way, MLS did announce, according, I think it was Stephen Goff of the uh, Washington Post, had it uh, on a tweet that I saw. Postseason scheduling is coming out for MLS. So the first first round matches, remember, those are one game knockout. The three versus six, four versus five. Those are uh, October 31st or November 1st. That's the schedule for those. The conference semis, which are two-leg ties, of course. Those are November 4th and the 11th. And then on November 25th or and the 29th of the conference finals, the two-leg ties. So those are tight together because you got that the dreaded window for international duty right in the middle of MLS playoffs. There's very little they can do about that. Of course, you don't want to be playing games necessarily when teams are involved. So I don't blame them for that. But uh, that's just the nature of what they have to do. So on the 25th and the 29th, those are uh, the conference finals, the two-leg ties. And then, of course, the team with the best record who's left December 8th, MLS Cup. So it's uh, we got the date set for that. I think it was the 9th last year, if I'm not mistaken. So right around the same time, December 8th, a Saturday. But interestingly, it's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So a little bit more of a, a prime time slot there on the East Coast for sure. So once again, the playoffs will begin on Wednesday, October 31st, and November 1st, a Thursday. The uh, conference semifinals are on Sunday the 4th and Sunday the 11th. And then, of course, November 25th is a Sunday. That starts the conference finals, with, and they'll wrap up on Thursday the 29th. And then uh, you've got about a week and a half, roughly, until MLS Cup on December 8th. So those are the postseason scheduling that's going on for MLS. So interesting stuff there. I know a lot of people like to complain about the schedule, all I read about it, all the things that are wrong. You know, I got to say this. Look, you know I love MLS. I've made no bones about that. I follow the league since day one. I was watching Eric Winalda score for the Clash on that first game. I was on the edge of my seat watching television, probably before many of you were born, frankly, or at least a good handful of you. And I love the league. There's no doubt. I now work for LAFC doing the play-by-play, whatever. You know that. That doesn't mean I love it anymore. I couldn't. I've always loved this league because it's my league. And I understand there are a lot of things that can be better about any sports league. NFL, MLB, MLS, 
NHL, and yes, NBA, all of them. And MLS is no exception. I get that. I am not stupid. I'm not naive. I'm not blind. But, oh, man, I mean, just the countless stupid, stupid, just nagging little things that people want to complain about. Just ridiculous. Just enjoy it. Relax. Relax and enjoy it. No, oh, it's not perfect. Yeah, you're, you're right. Good call. Neither are you. Yeah, but then they got to do oh, Shut up. It's absurd how much time you waste, MLS hater. And this has nothing to do with MLS versus other leagues. I don't care. You like La Liga or the... That's fine. But, I mean, these people, it, you just... Oh, so annoying. I mean, really, just get a life already. Let it go. And I'm saying that for your for the betterment of you. I'm not picking on you. I understand there are things that bother me about every sports league. No question. Cannot be denied. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's Nirvana. But, my goodness, just relax unbelievable utterly crazy sometimes hey a time now for the health report on soccer weekly sponsored by la cares the nation's largest community inspired health plan la cares elevating health care in the city of angels la care for all of la lacare.org lafc of course still struggling a little bit you know we talked about the mark anthony k injury that he had the surgery earlier we know about that adama diamande danilo silva still out Diamande still struggling with that adductor strain, and Danilo Silva missing with a hamstring. We'll see how long those last. LA Galaxy looking healthier and healthier by the day, which is good news for them as they try to make their playoff push. Now the two teams they're going up against in their next games, which aren't until the 15th, so I'll keep my eyes on this. But Victor Vasquez is for Toronto. He got subbed out early against LAFC, and he's struggling. He just can't get over some nagging injuries, and he had to leave early in that game against LAFC. That's LA Galaxy's next opponent in Toronto on the 15th. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. New England Revolution been pretty healthy. That's the new next opponent for LAFC. So far, they've been healthy. Now, they played tonight. New England got a 1-0 win over NYCFC earlier on the day. Don't know about any injuries in that game that were picked, that picked up. I was following it, but I didn't see as much of it as I would like in preparing for this show. Um, but, yeah, they're pretty healthy as well in terms of any recent stuff going on. So that is your... Uh, L.A. Care Health Report here on ESPN L.A. 710, and we appreciate their support as we uh, keep moving forward. Uh, some stunning, not stunning, you know, I shouldn't say stunning. That's the wrong way to put I'm already starting it off on the wrong foot, but this is a story I wanted to get to. And it's the FIFA's Best Player Award, essentially, right? Now, FIFA's, you know, this is an interesting year because you, of course, have the World Cup and you've had other things going on. But for the FIFA award, Lionel Messi finds himself out of the shortlist, right? He wasn't one of the top three finalists for the award. Now, you can sit here and take a look, and, and of course, we'll talk about it. It's very interesting, I think, in that sense, because it wasn't like Messi had a, didn't have a good year. I mean, the guy scored goals, assisted. I mean, he does everything, right? Well, the uh, final award for that, or the final for the best play, uh, Mo Salah, Luka Modric, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, here's the thing. Based on the seasons they had and the years that they had, I can't really argue that they're the top three, and yet, how can you leave Lionel Messi off of any list like this? 
that was kind of the juxtaposition I was finding myself in. Like, yeah, but Dave, what? Are, I'm talking to myself about it because, like, of course, Mo Salah deserves to be on that list. Luka Modric was magnificent for Real Madrid. Oh, by the way, he took Croatia to the final within a whisker of winning the World Cup. And you happen to have Cristiano Ronaldo, who was doing Cristiano Ronaldo things all the way up to winning the Champions League again and again and again and again. So how can I, you know, argue, ironically, with those three choices? But yet, it's still, how do you leave off Lionel Messi? It's just so kind of puzzling in that sense. Who does he replace? Let's say that Messi is one of the top three in the last year, which it would be hard to argue against, right? Who do you replace him with? Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, I want to know, or at 877-710-ESPN. Joining me now is Benny Failhaber, midfielder for LAFC, as part of Black and Gold Breakdown. Welcome, Benny. We appreciate you taking the time, buddy. Dave, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, Benny, let me get right to it with a, uh, a Twitter request from a fan who knew you were coming on here, and we appreciate you taking the time. He says, uh, Dave, Benny looks like he plays angry, and it works for him. Can you ask him if that's the case? Benny Failhaber, do you play football angry? Uh, sometimes, I guess. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it's, it, it's helped sometimes. Uh, other times, I think it hurts. So. Yeah. It's uh I I'm definitely a guy that get kind of gets the uh I, I got the Latin blood sometimes from my uh my Brazilian parents so yeah it definitely uh helps me sometimes and then other times uh you know I don't use it in the best of ways especially when I'm yelling at the refs so uh, I got to try and keep that to a minimum but when I'm when I'm using it for for you know a positive way then it does help me kind of you know, keep my focus and keep my edge, and yeah. and uh, there's been some positive moments in my career when I played a little angry. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. I see it out of you sometimes, and of course, you know, you got to be able to pull that back. I think it was a good question. I also had a really uh, interesting uh, question on Twitter from you earlier in the day. He he wanted to talk about a little bit about the state of American like creative attacking midfielders, the CAMs, you know, and what is, what do you think about the new generation maybe coming up, Benny? Cause obviously you've had a good hard look at that position for the U S men's national team. And of course, in your playing career as well at times, and you certainly have pushed forward in that and been very willing to go box to box and do everything you need to do. But what about the next generation of creative attacking midfielders for the U S? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, hard to see exactly who, that player is going to be, I think, uh, players that I've played with my age, you know, me, Lee, obviously, uh, Sasha, uh, those kind of guys, I feel like we're typically in the mix with the national team, um, throughout my career. And then maybe not an attacking mid, but guys like Landon and Clint Dempsey, who kind of had, you know, a role where they were attack minded players, sometimes playing a little higher, sometimes on the wing, and, and guys that were creative. And then, um, you know, you, you have a guy like Christian Pulisic who you can definitely stick into that spot who's a guy that can um, any given day be the best player on any, you know, soccer field in, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And so he's got all that kind of talent. Um, but then it's hard to see who else is going to be in, in the mix with, with the national team. I think there's a lot of good uh, deep-lying uh, center midfielders uh, that are coming through the – you know, the, the national team now that have just been called up, like Tyler Adams, there's, there's guys like Will Trapp, 
There's guys that are playing um, in Europe that that play obviously in the central midfield role as well that are are uh, starting to break through on on first teams in Europe. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of players in, in those positions, but it's hard to see exactly how and and where we'll find players that can kind of play as the you know the number tens and and maybe. You know, with, it, it depends on every team. Some teams don't really play with a 10, and, and they play a different system. And so that could work as well for the national team. But it, it's still, uh, I think, a work in progress, progress and, and, and we'll kind of see what develops from these younger guys. Benny, I've been talking about it with the speaking of the U.S. men's national team. Of course, these friendlies coming up now with Brazil and Mexico. And I just think these friendlies are about Jossie Zardes. Just throw him up front as a striker. Once and for all, let's stop worrying about all this other garbage and just see if he can do it. What are your thoughts on Jossie, you know, in the position? And I know he's had a kind of an up-and-down last couple of years. I just think it's a waste to worry about him playing anywhere else, Benny. Well, I think Jossie's best position is up top. Uh, yeah. But having said that, I think any the, – the, the, I don't think there's any one American uh, attacker mm-hmm. that is – so world class that he's just going to be consistently good game in game out, and so what what happens is guys go through confidence spurts where they're scoring a lot of goals, and they go through lulls and, and valleys where they don't have the confidence and they typically don't score those goals. And so you see, Jossie's a perfect example when he was with the Galaxy uh, two three years ago. The team was one of the best teams in the league. Uh, he had great players around him, and he was scoring tons of goals. And and then last year he had a you know an off year and, and yeah. it seemed like nothing would go in for him and and now he's on a team like Columbus that creates opportunities for him he has Iguain he has two uh, very good outside backs that go up and down and, and and find spots and and so he's he's back to his scoring ways now will that translate consistently with the national team for him scoring up top I don't think so I think he can definitely go through spurts just in the same way. Where he'll you know score uh, you know three four games in a row and then he'll have three four games where he doesn't get a goal and so it's tough. I mean, unless you're a, a very very high quality player in terms of you know the world soccer, you're not going to mm-hmm. score every single time out at the international level. And so it's it's, it's tough to find that position. Um, it's probably the toughest position to have uh, in the national team. Uh, you even see guys you know like like Messi and even Ronaldo. Um, that consistently score with their club teams, but they have a hard time scoring with the national teams. It is a different beast, that's for sure. We are talking with Benny Failhaber, who is a beast on the field so far this season for LAFC. I'm pretty sure, Benny, don't I, I got to check again because I've been obviously keeping – are you the only player who's played every game for this team this year? I don't know. Benny, I, mean, I think I know you that are. I played every game. I don't know if I'm the only guy. <laughs> you are, Ben. I think I Tyler Miller had that one game they gave him off as a rest, and yeah, uh, right. so he. So the 33 year old Benny Failhaber is the workhorse for this team, and there's no doubt about that. Now, of course, you know, tough blow for Mark Anthony, who's having a, f- a fabulous season right there along with you. But this midfield has been really, really solid. Uh, you know, as we take a look at LAFC, Benny, you guys haven't made many missteps. You've had a few bumps in the road, certainly. But i got to tell you, that win against Toronto, to me, was really, really a very big win for a number of reasons. 
uh, just to get that away victory, get back to 500 on the road, not to blow a lead. Let's be honest, that has happened a few times. It happens a lot in MLS and, you know, losing a 2-0 lead, a 3-0 lead. That just can't happen consistently. And to get that goal from Carlos Vela, who takes over the captain's armband, that was a big win in Toronto. Talk a little bit about that victory. How did you see that win against TFC? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was a extremely important win for us um, in, in more than one way because I think, like you said, um, getting back to, to winning on the road is, is essential to making a, a late-season run here and, and getting the, the amount of points that we feel like we need to get to, to be in the right spot going into the playoffs. Yeah. And so against a team that's desperate like Toronto that's obviously got tons of quality as they've shown last year, and, and, and have shown in, in small spurts this season, but uh, a team that you need to be on your best to, to be able to beat them in Toronto. And so we, we played, a, I think, a, a very smart tactical game. We took advantage of some opportunities. We probably still could have taken advantage of some more. And then in, in a, you know, a, a little bit of, uh, I think, even maybe a little bit bad luck to, to give up uh, you know, the goals that we did, Mm-hmm. I think of maybe one or two mistakes and, and, and we kind of, um, you know, maybe go to sleep on a couple of plays, but, uh, you know, we're in a similar position that we've been in two or three times this year. And so, yeah, we're up three zero, we give up two goals and here we go again. And it's almost like, um, until you're able to be in that exact position that you've been in the past and not give up the lead, it was almost beneficial to us. I think instead of winning that game three zero, that they did come back, score the two goals, and then we managed to score the fourth to really, you know, close the door. Because I think more than anything, um, it's good to break the mental barrier. And so with this league, that, that kind of stuff is going to happen. And when 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 teams are so similar in terms of you know quality, uh, the the mental aspect is huge. And now we, I think, we have a little bit more of confidence to, you know, when we have when we do have the lead that that we can kind of secure it. Um, albeit not in the perfect way this time, but I think we'll have the, that confidence uh, going into the future games. And if we do give up one goal, we, we'll still be able to shut the door down as opposed to you know start leaking uh, a second yeah. and a third. Absolutely, absolutely. A big win for LAFC. They get the week off to celebrate that and, of course, to move on and look forward to their next game against New, New England at the Bank, Bank of California Stadium. Midfielder Benny Failhaber, LAFC. Appreciate taking the time, Benny. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. No problem, Dave. Thanks for having me, man. You bet. The great Benny Failhaber, again, he's played every game for LAFC this season, and we appreciate him taking a few minutes there. He's always insightful, always looking at, you know, kind of looking ahead, too. He's he's a guy who, you know, really gets it, I think, and it's fun to talk to him about football, not just LAFC, but, of course, uh, and the season they're having, you have to kind of tip your cap to what he's doing and, and everybody else is doing on that team and certainly in the midfield. And uh, Benny is the guy who's been playing every game up until not that long ago. In fact, he had started every game and he was the only player to do that. But I believe he has. Yeah, he's. Uh, I'm going to have to double check on that. I am 99.9% sure as a dude who's doing my uh, due diligence every week that he's the only guy who's played in every game on this roster. Good to talk to Benny. Appreciate that. That is Black and Gold Breakdown each and every week here. Hey, stick around. We've got stoppage time still to come. We've got so much more to get to. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. It is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710, the home of world football here in Southern California. New England Revolution are the next opponent for LAFC coming up on the 15th.
And we will have that game for you on ESPN LA, the home of the black and gold. They got a win tonight against New York City FC, did New England, to keep their playoff hopes alive in the East, a 1-0 victory at NYCFC. I don't know what's going on with uh, New York City. They're struggling a bit. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number to do what this man has done. He is Patrick in Pasadena. Patrick, you're next up on Soccer Weekly. What's going on? To the part. I'm sorry I'm late to the party tonight, but, you know, I, I love the show as always. You and Mario do a great job. Um, you know, they had the season ticket holder thing today where you could, like, change your seats, upgrade your seats if you wanted. Yeah. And the only of things available, I'd say there were maybe, like, 500 seats out of uh, 18,000 season ticket holders that actually gave up their seats, which I think is pretty impressive. Wow, for, for LAFC, club. you're saying. Yeah, you went to LAFC's for thing. Any, okay. For any club. And... I only have my wife and I, but we kind of enjoyed the season so much. I bought two more seats. Oh, good for uh, you! That I don't know what I'm going to do with. So I'm going to see what I like more. Well, Patrick, I apologize. I wanted to get that in. I appreciate the phone call. We do have to get going, but uh, in terms of time, uh, we had some issues scheduling wise. But I did want to get you in. Thank you so much for that phone call. Appreciate it, Patrick. A friend of the show from Pasadena. We really appreciate him, Mario. You know what time it is? It is stoppage time. Mario Rees, the host of Stoppage Time, brought to you by Puente Hill Chevy. Find new roads at Puente Hill Chevy off the 60 freeway in the city of industry. The San Gabriel Valley Chevy store say habla espanol. Mario, pretty cool that Patrick talking about uh, all the uh, re-ups there, the season tickets. And huh? Patrick is balling. He got four season seats. Dude, Are you kidding me? That guy is the man. <laughs> and he doesn't know what he's going to do with the other two. He I said. love it. I love that. Man, that's cool. All right, Dave, it's official. Uh, David Beckham's MLS team is going to be named Inter-Miami. CFN is gearing up for uh, 2020 line. Beckham said, uh, this is such a proud day for myself and for the entire team. It's an honor to announce the new name and crest to our fans. And we are taking another important step in establishing our club. And today marks an important moment in the history of Club Internacional de Football Miami. What do you think, Dave? You saw the crest. You see the, uh, the name, the logo, the colors. What do you think? You know, Mario, sometimes people complain about, you know, like, remember when I talked about all the guys complaining about things that were ridiculous? Some people complain about the FC, and it should be SC, or it should be the... Mm-hmm. I think this name fits that city utterly perfect. I really do. I mean, Miami is an international city, right? It has oh, a, yeah. a Latin flair. Yes. What, what is wrong with that? It's perfect. I really do. I think they hit the nail on the head, and I like the colors. I like. I love the, the flamingos too. I like yeah. the flamingos in the crest. It's pretty cool. I I really do. You know, and I I, I wasn't sure that I was going to love what they were doing down there, but I'll be perfectly honest with you. I love every bit of it so far. So yeah. so far so good. I mean, I'm with you there. It's good you got to be careful the, though with the with the black and the pink. You got to be careful how you pull out that gear. Well, see, you're the fashionista. We'll keep an eye on that, and you're yeah. going to have to keep an eye on that. I appreciate that. The great Mario Reeves will keep. Uh, Miami, uh, enter Miami uh, CF in, uh, you know, he'll keep them in their sights there for sure. But it is a good sign, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, speaking of appreciate, I appreciate the great Michael Funches and Steve Paylett back in the studio. And uh, uh, Mario Rees, as always, I appreciate you. Thanks so much to Patrick in Pasadena and Benny Failhaber from LAFC for checking in. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710.